first episode of the Retro Anime Podcast with your hosts Ian and Lewis. Uh, this being our first episode, um, we'll give a little background into uh, why we're doing the podcast and what it's about, and a little bit about our anime backgrounds as well. So, so the uh, the kind of the mission statement for this podcast um, goes with our tagline: the uh, the classic, the forgotten, and the obscure. Um, and we want to cover anime which doesn't see get so much coverage in uh, other podcasts. Um, so really, this comes from me. So I've turned forty recently, and you know I've been into anime uh, without realizing I was into it. Started watching um, Star Avengers back in the very early eighties. Um, got me onto my lifelong love of mecha anime. Um, but then you know Ulysses, uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold. Then realizing what all this stuff was about, watching uh, Akira when Manga Entertainment released it in '91. And then Lewis, uh, my stepson, who's uh, twenty-two now. Twenty-two now. Yeah. So uh, I, I, Lewis was into. Uh, so you were into Pokemon, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was into the really Americanized anime growing up, especially Pokemon and Digimon and that sort of thing. Uh, but you sort of showed me the the way with the the other sort of me- more mechanized. Yeah. Anime so uh, so you started watching uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed with me, weren't you? When you were about ten, must have been about that sort. Of must age. have been that age. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure when you also also showed me uh, Ghost in the Shell and yeah. Evangelion though. Yeah, that was, um, that was a little soon bit later on. Yeah, yeah, soon, soon after. after. Not not too much after, but. Um, it was one of those pursued interests. So that got you into anime, and you yeah. still watch a lot of modern oh, yeah, anime yeah. today, don't you? Definitely, yes. um, Whereas I, I watch modern anime, but I still keep harking back to those hand-painted, uh, you know, the classics, sort of classics yeah. from, from the uh, you know 80s and 90s mainly. So, um, you know, I think what we'll get is is my rose-tinted view of the anime that I really liked, <laughs> and then, you know, and then your sort of more modern... Uh, you know, second generation or next generation look back on uh, on some of this stuff. So uh, I think we'll get a good uh, opposing um, viewpoints, of, of, of subjective viewpoints on on the anime that we're going to cover on this uh, on this podcast. Um, so I think introductions done. I think we'll get into our uh, yes. first review. Yeah, the itinerary for the day. Our itinerary today. So today we're going to cover two films from the mid eighties. Um, so. Being our first episode, I was trying to look at something which wasn't too obscure, um, and what we've got, the two films we're going to cover today, I think sort of firmly fit into the uh, the forgotten mm. category, so um, we're going to cover Lensman and the film Odin, Photon, Space Sailor, Starlight. So these were both films that I saw in the early 90s on VHS when they were released uh, by Manga Entertainment. Um, I owned both of them. I've seen them both um, an awful lot. Um, uh, you know, I watched them quite regularly over the years as well. Um, but these, but when we watched these for the for the podcast, this was your first viewing of both of these films, Lewis, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I might have seen Odin in passing when you were watching it in the past. So simply because the one of the things about Odin is the the musical score is very very unique. Um, so I, I think that stuck with me especially but yeah the first time sitting through and watching its entirety uh especially yeah okay so first one film we're going to cover is odin photon space sailor starlight so this is a film released in japan in 1985 directed uh well chief director was uh toshio masuda who directed a lot of the uh space um 
Battleship Yamato movies was there, and the uh, the sort of hand the main direction was done by Ichi Yamamoto, Takeshi Shirato, and Yoshinobu Nishioka, um, which uh, Shirato actually uh, had uh, also directed some of the uh, base uh, space Battleship Yamato movies as well. So. Um, and Lewis, I don't think you've seen Yamato, have you? But no, for, for no. those of you sort of interested in it, a series came out in the early seventies. It was a very uh, influential um, sort of seventies sci-fi. Uh, it wasn't t- particularly uh, episodic. It had a sort of overrunning arc in it, mm. so it was quite. It was a bit of a game changer. Um, and some of it's the uh, you know and you know. Um, you know, one of the things about Odin is that the um, the uh, the main character is the Starlight, which yes, is the uh, yeah. the ship, which is a bit like Yamato. Yamato, the the main character, was the battleship. You know, so it's it follows that sort of. Um, mm. uh, it's thing you don't see a lot of today, yeah. especially in the modern uh, modern seasonal animes. We've moved away from the sort of like these huge feature, you know, these animes that are coming out uh, series of, or long things like Odin. Um, and we we see these just the season I was like oh summer's coming out it's a new season of X yeah another slice of yeah, life yeah absolutely um, yeah so it's another not, it's harem not as, yeah it's another harem life. yeah no, oh god the awful no we won't go into those yeah. but but it's moved away from the sort of like this is something to look forward to an event of a release and so yeah. it's celebrated into this sort of like we, we're now manufacturing this absolutely uh, so films like Odin you just don't you don't you know, see you'll never you won't see. You don't see at all anymore, which think, is a real shame. I yeah. think. Yeah, Eden. Um, New, yeah. New Eden was it? New Eden. Uh, Eden of the East. E- Eden of the East. That's it. Eden of the East is a slight exception to that rule. But even that's not too too recent. No. Um, that that was a great. Series yeah, that of films. was a, that was a good series of films. But, uh, yeah, you, you just don't see anything like Odin nowadays. And um, you know, and the it's you know the production value, and I mean, it does look absolutely gorgeous, mm. Odin. Yeah. Um, it was clear that it was like. Its direction was taken in a way that's a slow, slow-moving, yeah. uh, overarching story that wanted to progress and everything else, but could be tailored off at any point. But the you just don't see any sort of character progression that focuses around focuses around inanimate objects like the the starlight anymore. Yeah, that's right. And and you know um, the, the characters are all there are all kind of supporting, so just supporting. Yes, yeah. ca- they are just a supporting cast. You know, it, mm. like you say, it doesn't really develop any of the characters very much you know they're just there they're plot devices they're plot essentially de- yeah. absolutely you know they are just the crew of the starlight and yeah. the starlight is the is what carry you know uh, it's what carries um the story through from from you know one scenario to the next mm. um so what were your so what did you your overall you know what did you think of odin well odin's very different to the the anime i, I usually watch um having seen Stuff like Evangelion that has like a nice conclusion and a nice like reaching story uh, that you can sort of follow, even though it's got some of the tropes of modern anime, like you know teenagers ridden with angst, mm. um, piloting mech ships, uh, mecha gun uh, gunships. But Odin had it was honest and true to itself. You, you can even even so, someone like me who's born in the nineties who hasn't experienced the eighties tropes. It's something you can look back on and go, yes, I know what eighties tropes are, and this I feel would embody that. Yeah. It's, it's people trying to. It very much embraces the space age or the the new millennium 
because uh, it's just the millennia was just around the corner yeah. and everyone's looking this is the space age sort of thing we've we've touched down on the moon space race has been uh has been been and gone um and this is what we have to look forward to in the new millennia yeah uh, absolutely it's, it's it's um it's a real kind of um uh you know romanticized it is a yeah. real romanticized view of uh space future space travel yeah you know and all these you know all the uh you know, laser highways that are set mm, up throughout yeah. the universe, and we're all traveling here and there, and you know, Everything. exploring it, the whole solar system. But we've taken our own sort of like look on it, and it's 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 a ship essentially, something that's to sail the seven seas, but now to yeah, sail the galaxy. Which is you know the um and the intro to the film with the how uh, ships sailed the seven seas and mm. discovered new lands, and you know the the starlight is carrying that tradition on hundreds of years later. Yeah. You know, as the most efficient way of space travel, as it is perceived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A sailing ship. Yeah. Yes, a sailing ship through space. Which, you, you know, is... You, you know, galactic you can... winds, it, it works out. It, it it has... If you don't look too far into it and you appreciate it for what it is, it's like, yeah, yes, that makes sense. Fair enough, I'll take it. Yeah, and it's still... The Starlight, I still think, is quite unique in anime. I, yeah. I can't think of anything that is quite no, like no, the Starlight, no, no. you know. Um, you know, it's a film... It has its flaws, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I have a real soft spot for, for Odin. It's you know, it's great looking. It's got you know, one of my favourite scenes in it is that bit where the crew first get on, uh, first board the Odin. Mm. And it's got that thumping, heavy metal track from from Loudness, you know, and they're yeah. all running and brewing. I think that is just a, an absolutely great action. You know, typical eighties action. Yeah, it was put scene. together with love. It's, yeah. it's it's lovingly crafted. It's a it's a hearty dish that served to you saying, this is of our era. Yeah. Um, and I can appreciate that as someone who's watched it further on into the future for the first time through. So the film itself, you know, um, it was meant to be the first part of a trilogy, but it was very expensive to make and it really flopped at the Japanese box office. So no sequels were made. And oh, why do you think that is though? Is, I mean, you watched it, you watched it pretty much when it came out. So I watched it probably in like ninety two or ninety three. Oh, so so it's probably close, close to eight years after its release. Oh yeah, you know. Um, but you know, we both said while we were watching it, it's it plods at times. Oh, it does it? plod on. It really does plod you know, on. It's it a long movie. Yeah, yeah, two and a half hours, and yeah. and it kind of goes through this rhythm as they they go somewhere. They have some battles with something. The ship, you know, the starlight gets repaired for fifteen minutes, and then they. They move on, go through another wormhole, and fight the yeah, enemy. Yeah, it does. And it stuff, does. It know, does do a re- rinse and repeat, repeat cycle, um, yeah. which doesn't do too much. It's it's like there's a, almost a half bridge where they want to use the where they're torn between doing enough character building for the the crew of the yeah. Starlight, while their main focus is on the Starlight. They still think, oh, okay, well, we should sort of do some main character building for the sort of the vocal stars. Uh, but it doesn't really shine through really too much because no. none, of them are, none of them are really too memorable. No, and they only serve to to further the star starlight's pro, uh, progression. Yeah, and you know, and some of them, the, some of the characters, like the the girl they find in the pod who has these memories of Odin, and yeah, you know, it's all kind of convenient. Yeah, it's all stuff, very convenient. You know? yeah. And it's it's they're such obvious plot devices and mm. stuff. Um, but you know, I can, I mean. There is actually what's known as the international version, which is the first version I saw first. Um, I didn't see the full version until I bought it on DVD in 2001. Um, but it misses out that intro 
um, the uh, the bit about the sailing the seven seas. It's about three quarters of an hour shorter than that one, mm. but it misses so much. Some of the um, sort of some of those plot devices it cuts so much out of mm. that actually some of the back end of the film doesn't make any sense because it sort of it then zips along too quickly without explaining itself. So there didn't seem to be a happy medium in in the ninety minute version or the you know two and tw- hour and twenty minute version. So yeah. I can kind of understand its pacing probably have caused uh, um, you know why why it probably wasn't a success yes, at the yeah. time. Yeah, it was. It was, It did plod along at a point. So when I was watching it, I was thinking, "Well, we could miss this," and I'd be none the wiser. Yeah. But at the same time, there was like there was like a ten minute segment where maybe thirty seconds was important. Yeah. And and then like if you just cut out that ten minutes, the thirty seconds still wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So that would explain the whole. So the <laughs> it's like Odin takes a one minute story and turns it into a ten minute anecdote yeah, sort exactly. of a, yeah. thing. So. I and mean, the thing is, I think it's just this, as we've said before, the the you know rinse and repeat. I think it's going to the next thing, have a battle, move on. And I think you know, had they cut one of those sequences out a little mm. bit, and you know, the the twenty minutes through the film that the ship is being repaired mm. could have been, you know, it's you know, as we said, it's kind of techno porn in 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 that respect you yeah. know it, the detail in it is absolutely yeah. cinematically phenomenal. cinematically they, they they took every advantage um and i believe at the very very there's only one cg scene isn't there and that's at the very start no that's lensman oh it's lensman no okay yeah yeah that's lensman mixed up on that one yeah which, which we'll talk about in a minute yeah yeah we'll talk about shortly so uh yeah, so what I say, I still think it, you know, you know, the, the, it is a very romanticized, and it's it looks gorgeous, and it's it has got some great action sequences in it. You know, when they're fighting the, when they get to Odin and and fight the, the the, the um you know the the robots mm. from from Odin and stuff, or these androids or cyborgs, or you know, they're um there's some really really good action sequences, and it just looks amazing. You know, there's loads of stuff moving around on screen. Mm. You know. You can understand why it cost a fortune. All that money is up there on the screen yeah, for sale and yeah. stuff. So, um, you know, I have a soft spot for it. It's, it's very well produced. Yeah, it's just slow moving, so it doesn't capture. If you can sit down and appreciate art, if you're the mm. kind of person who could stand in an art gallery and, and look at a painting for a good half an hour while deciphering it, Odin is the kind of anime. Yeah, for you. absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. can appreciate a film like Odin. Yeah. A casual viewer, I think, if someone's ca- just sort of slapping it on, yeah, you can't. I you think can, you we'll can't, get half yeah. an hour into it. We'll start. You know, once they get beyond the Terminator, yeah, then that that's where I feel it starts to yeah. starts to slow down. So I can imagine a casual viewer will get beyond that point and think, oh, actually, this is, this is beginning to drag a bit. Yeah, you know, it's so. something you invest yourself into. You mm. really have to. You have to watch yeah. Odin. You can't. You can't sit back and, and vegetate oh, into an anime agree. like you can binge on. It's 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 an investment. You feel exhausted after <laughs> after watching it it's one of those things where you're like oh wow i mean after that i could go go for a lie down but it's that i i think that uniqueness and so mm. you don't find is if there was more of it nowadays you'd probably like odin's not not like great really yeah. but, it, but as it is you kind of think you can look at yeah, it as a one-off as a one-off thing film, like, yeah i think yeah you know, that's interpretive that, yeah. that's nice art that is good art exactly and i think it kind of you know, for things like uh, Royal Space Force and, you know, some of those big epic sort of 
uh, you know, even even Akira, you know, those big eighties sci-fi epics. You know, I think it it you know firmly has its place in in that pantheon of you know great eighties sci-fi because you know at the end of the day it is great sci-fi. It's just a bit badly paced along the way. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, you know, but it's um, yeah, I think it's good. Um, so one of the things that's you know, what did you think of the uh, heavy metal video at the end? Oh, of course, that's the best part. Yeah. I think I really feel like that's the best part. It's like an ode, yeah, an ode to Odin, ode to Odin, yeah. So uh, the music in this film, a lot of it, um, it's fantastic, is by a Japanese heavy metal band called Loudness, who, yeah. who who do a lot of the infield songs, and then you get a live action at the very um, end. You get the, the, the as performance a credits role, role. Uh, the yeah. credits role, you know, and it, it's it's incredibly cheesy. Yeah, it's but it's a labor. It is a labor of love. Yeah, it, it really is, and that comes across in the musical score, especially yeah. in the last scene. Like. It, it is iconic, really. Yeah. Like I, I would, I would still go back, and I have done, gone back to look for that song and just listen to that while I'm doing other things because it just, it's empowering. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like yes, I could listen to this in my spare time. I, the, I, I haven't come across another anime that's like made me feel. Yeah, just I have to as say that the music, the, the, the loudness songs, so um, Odin, the song that you know that rolls over the end credits, and um, got a fight, which is the song that. Um, Accompanies that scene that I talked when the crew the montage the Odin, scene, yeah, where they're, you know, they're powering. I mean, up that's like power. a real, dri- you know, that's a real powering, yeah, full on power metal driving song. Yeah, you, know, you can really, it's got, it's loads of energy, and it really suits the energy that's on the screen. Yeah, so. and, and 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 searching for Odin definitely suits the, definitely suits the final scene. Yeah, because it, you've come to this a huge emotional like journey with them uh, for two and a half hours yeah. you've experienced this journey you feel like you're part of the crew yeah uh, and as it's sailing off you're like will it be continued you know it's not because we're watching it how many years yeah. in the, <laughs> how yeah, many years into the 30 future? years yeah, later 30 years later we're watching it and that, as it's sailing off and they've still yet to find odin yeah. that song comes up as part of the credits and and searching for odin as soon as those lyrics are spout- spouted you're just kind of like yeah okay okay yeah. I'm, I'm a bit <laughs> emotional now <laughs> Well, I actually think, talking about the ending, though, what you've just said there about their sailing off to Odin. So, obviously, they were supposed to find Odin. Yeah. Um, and um, I think um, I think it was uh, Nishioka who said that I think originally it was meant to be like a 12-part OVA series. Mm. You know, it was you know meant to be like 12 hours long. Then it got condensed into films. And then the first film... The they crammed in, a load into the first film because it was on shaky ground and then it bombed and nothing else. So yeah. and obviously at, at some other point there was meant to be a f- sequel that where they got to Odin. But I think where the story ends, I it's think fine. actually works as an yeah, ending. I think, I think with its legacy as it is, 30 years on, that's fine. Yeah. I think at the time you'd probably be like, no, no, come on, yeah. where's Odin? But I don't think it would have done it justice. If, there was to, if they were to go on to find Odin... I don't think it would have done it yeah, justice. I, I, agree. I think that the idea of mystery, especially the whole mystery of you know space travel and everything else that was of like you know what's beyond the stars and what can we find is there is there other life? I think if they'd have reached Odin and found the answers, that wouldn't have done the whole yeah, idea I of agree, it justice. Because there's a good sense of mystery yeah. through the second half of the film. I think as they as they explore the out, you know, go through the wormhole and get out of the solar system, sort yeah. of thing, you know. So I think that that sense of mystery is that they've done this bit, they found a bit more, and they're just sailing off into the yonder, yeah. into the unknown further still, you know, because yeah. um, they're because mis- they've gone beyond their original mission, you know, they're on a one way trip, um, on out. I, I just I think that actually really works yeah, as, a, it does. as an ending. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I think I think as a as a single entity, yeah, I think it's great, you know. And unless they'd have produced another film like that, which, you know, if they produced another Odin, that was it a would, slow yeah. and podding and stuff. Yeah, if it I was exactly yeah, if they produced a second Odin, which was just like the first, it would have been bad. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, okay. Well, it really yeah yeah it I would have been really it would have lost its luster. Yeah, yeah. So there's only yeah. so much you can appreciate, and like two hours and thirty minutes of yeah. an emotional sort of tag along, yeah. where you're holding on to the starlight as it bounds through the stars and its progression, you feel attached to that ship as it's floating away. Yeah. Carrying that on, I wouldn't have thought yeah, so much. No, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it would have. I, I think, I think it kind of, you know, as a, you know, as as that forgotten sort of single entity that's kind of. Well, I think it's got a bit of a bad rep. I think. You know, if you look at general review things, I think it generally scores very low. I think it's a bit of a love or hate film. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, I, I, th- I think it, I think it has a bit of a bad rap, uh, Odin, and I, you know, I, I quite like it, and I, I think it, there's a lot to like about it. Yeah, as there's well, definitely so, a lot yeah. to like about it. There's, there's, there's the obvious flaws. Yeah. But I think if the flaws are obvious, then you can kind of you can look past them, them because they're, past they're, yeah, they're of the era. So. I think overall, Odin for me was an eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I would have said that. Yeah, I'd have said yeah. seven, seven to eight out of yeah. ten. Yeah, I think it's it's right. It's just there. I mean, as being, I think it's a good film. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a, a great. No, it's like you can good... watch once and then come back to a few years later yeah. and watch again. It's not one of those things you'd go back to over and over. Really, like, it's not something like Evangelion, which I could watch like again yeah. and again, or Ghost in the Shell, which I could watch again and again. Yeah. It's it's just one of those... Yeah, and, and Odin's a film I tend to watch maybe every two to three years, two, two to four years sort of thing. Mm. And I can watch it and then think, oh, I haven't seen Odin in a few years. I can slap it on, enjoy it, mm. then not watch it again for a few years and, you know, three or four years again and then watch it. So, I mean, mm. I watched it probably, you know... Almost monthly when I when I first bought the VHS, you know, and, and anime was a, you know wasn't quite an as yeah. easy access now. You know, I watched it over and over again. So, uh, so yeah, I think yeah, I agree. I think it's about an eight in in my yeah. book as well. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that disagree, I think, but I yeah, think I'm sure. I've, I think you've got to look past some things. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to brush those th- those aside from from how old it is and, and just. I mean, take I have it to say, I would love a Blu-ray of this. I would love to see that in H. All that. All that gorgeous animation mm. in, in HD, you know. The, yeah. And the starlight, you know, it looks fantastic. And, yeah, it is cinematically know. breathtaking. Yeah, I think, and you're right, and I think it does have a really cinematic feel. Yeah. It does feel cinematic. It mm. doesn't it doesn't feel like an OVA that's you know done you know designed to go on cassette to be watched at home. Yeah. You know, Odin. You know, watching it on a big screen, you know, on the big TV and stuff. I think, yeah, you know, really does have a, a true cinematic feel. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, Toshio Masuda, if you look back, um, I think he was about, I think he was about 70 or 80 when he made Odin. Mm. But he'd made loads and loads of, Jap- you know, his um, discography enormous, you know. It's got like, mm. made about 80 films or something. It didn't, came to anime very, very late in the 70s when he got involved in Yamato and I think some of that cinematic feel yeah. really you know from his live action film past yeah. really comes across on the, yeah. on the screen in no other in no other anime you would see six minutes of establishing shots and, yeah. and sort of a spatial appreciation yeah and the long pans yeah. and stuff that it yeah. has you know so yeah so I think yeah a solid 8 a solid 8 out of 10 for yeah. Me. yeah okay right so we'll move on to the next film then. Lensman. Lensman. So this is a film 
That came out in 1984, produced by Madhouse, directed by Kazuyuki Hirokawa and Yoshiaki Karajiri. Now, Karajiri is quite a prolific uh, director. He went on to do stuff like Vampire Hunter D, Ninja Scroll, Demon City Shinjuku, Cyber City Away Down. I mean, he did some some really big kind of, you know, popular animes from the Mm. 90s. Um, Hirokawa went on and did very little after this, actually, and he was actually found dead in the street a few years ago. So, oh, lovely. So, real, real, real divert, you know, for these two guys, really, um, really divergent, yeah, yeah, divergent, future. um, future, for, yeah, sort of uh, career path for both of them. Yeah, I'm um, not sure dying in the street is a career path, but we'll go. <laughs> well, uh, you know what I mean? One, yeah, you know, yeah. one went on and had a mega career, and one went on and did nothing, and you know, just. Just, I uh, don't know how he died, but yeah, apparently he was just he was just found dead in the streets. So, damn. So, the, so oh. Lensman's so Lensman is based on um, a series of books by E. E. Doc Smith. Um, so he apparently did this during the seventies. Did this series of sci-fi novels, mm. and Lensman uh, is is based on that. So I've never read the book, so I can't say how close or yeah. how different they are. But um, so, what did you think of uh, Lensman then, Lewis? It was Guardians of the Galaxy, but better. <laughs> it was it was really like that's that's not sort of as a as a young millennial yeah. <laughs> as myself can put it in the most in, insulting way possible. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, but better. But yeah, no, I I did really enjoy it. It was yeah. I think it's another like Odin. I think it's um, I think it's a bit better paced than Odin. Oh, it, far better paced. You than know, Odin, it's yeah. quite it chips along at quite a. a, a steady and and it is more much more of a straightforward sci-fi action film mm. um you know i think um doc smith's novels i can't remember which way around this is i think were an influence on i think they were an influence on star wars rather yeah. than being, i could see their influence on yeah. um the green lantern and, and uh yeah the galaxy as well to be honest because it really does share a lot of similarities so i wouldn't be surprised if lensman was the sort of you know the guardian grace inspiration yeah Absolutely. So, um, Lensman is about, um, so in the future, there is this uh, galactic police force called the Lensman who have this funny lens thing on their hand, yeah. aren't they? You know, it channels the power of the universe itself. Oh. Um, and the Lensman being chased. So, the, the galactic force are fighting a, um, some evil alien race that are dominating or taking over the universe. Um, and a lensman crashes on a planet, and our young hero meets a lensman, and his lens transfers to him, and then he goes on, becomes an lensman. Yeah, seamlessly as well. Seamlessly, that's yeah. one of the key features that they focus on is like how was it easy to take the lens? Uh, he's like Nani, <laughs> sort of whole thing going on where it's just this one guy who's suddenly seamlessly become a lensman uh, in in spite of all odds. Exactly, and and of course he's the young sort of teenage hope. He's a bit Luke Skywalkerish, yeah. really, isn't he? So yeah, uh, he is. Yeah. You know, and then you've got the um, big hairy guy who's a bit Chewbacca-ish. Mm. You know, and then you've got the, um, you know, the love interest. Um, yeah, you know, it's I, got a fairly. St- it's got it's got the the standard tropes of a '90s anime that sort of has progressed. Those tropes still exist into uh, recent anime, but they're more. They're not as subtle. Are they? The, the, no, the, that's the, right. Rita Anime really just likes to shove it in your face and be like, this is the love interest. You can tell by the underskirt shot. Yeah. Uh, but the, the fan service is strong in, in more recent anime. This one is a bit more tasteful with it. Yeah. It's a bit more misogynistic, though, yeah. of, of, of its time. 
but it's it's less obvious about its progressional. And it has it has the little robot as well, so uh, yes. doesn't it? Which actually, uh, quite surprisingly, gets bumped off. It does of, get bumped off early. Court, the it's way not like Harrow, is it? Yeah, yeah. Harrow is like this this like this mascot. Yeah, the yeah. mascot of the series, and, and, and it continues throughout uh, quite a few. But uh, yeah, I was expecting him to continue on and be sort of like you know the merchandising uh, yeah, crutch exactly. of the yeah. of, of the entire series. But no, he, he does get bumped off, which I think is quite admirable. It's um. Scott well, yeah, it here. doesn't. Yeah, they could have really milked. They could have milked really it. Really milked it, but, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't think it would have been strong enough mm. to milk it for all the way. So I think going. I think maybe it went out a little bit too early. Yeah, arguably, I, but I, but he's he's replaced halfway through the film by the uh, cranky, crazy old man grandpa. Yeah, grandpa sort of guy like still living young. Yeah, you know, yeah. which is um, um, which is a, he's a bit of an odd. And I have to say, if the weak, weakness in the characters, I think he's, like, yeah, he's, he's yeah. kind of he's a bit unnecessary. Yeah, he's he's a little bit of a plot device. Yeah, sort of the, the wild card that sort of makes the world things happen. Yeah, that lead to the ultimate uh, conclusion of the of the film. Because he start he runs this disco and yeah, it's he, all a bit too convenient. Yeah, sort of thing, you know, and yeah. um, he starts and he's always antagonising. So basically, uh, they end up on this. Um, planet where and so there's a drug called theonite yeah and on this planet everyone um so basically these aliens are using theonite, theonite to, to drug over, yeah drug everyone and make them subdued and take over the the, the galaxy as it were so uh, this old guy runs a disco where this on this near this theonite plant mm. and every night he, he sets off a riot and gets in trouble and yeah. winds up the uh, the guards the alien guards and everything so yeah. it never gets to really explain why they've ha- ended up on a planet yeah. where there's a disco specifically used for dishing out the night you just kind of sit there and accept it same way same way you'd expect a lot uh, accept a lot of things in progressional sort of galaxies yeah but it's it's uh they end up on that planet after the lensman gets knocked out fighting something doesn't he that's right yeah yeah he he ends up taking a blow. And he they, does. Yeah, and he ends and up. Yeah, and he ends up there being nursed by the old man and by the, the old man and the love it? interest. Right. Yeah, and yeah. the love interest. Yeah, and the love yeah. interest, of course. But yeah, I think I think it progressed really well in comparison to it's it's, it's more engaging. Yeah, for, for the viewer. and it's a and it's a bit more and I guess like kind of like Star Wars or Indiana Jones. It's kind of got that regular, constant action sort of yeah. pacing, and the bit uh, and the sequence that probably lasts. Probably a good fifteen to twenty minutes at the end when they when they start destroying the Theonite factory yeah. and they're being chased by the guards off off the factory and I mean that whole sequence is absolutely fantastic yeah just full on action yeah thriller second stop, yeah. you know it doesn't stop at all you know and, and that sequence is really good but there's lots of other smaller sequences like that which I think keep it as a really um, you know really entertaining. Yeah, kind of I, I definitely, I definitely w- was not bored for a minute of it, uh, and I think you can look past a lot of the. Yeah, which for a two-hour film is actually yeah, quite it, good yeah, going. I, honestly, you know? it does not feel like two hours. It, it does not feel like two hours. You, you feel attached to. Honestly, I was more attached to the father character. Yeah. Uh, in initially, um, throughout the, throughout the the whole pivot point where yeah. you know he becomes his reason yeah. for continuing his work as a lensman and then that part onwards I don't feel too attached to any of the characters I think the only only time I feel slightly worried about the whole character progression or 
the well-being of of the the characters is that last twenty minute segment where they are having that huge action yeah. sequences. You know, the, being chased by boulders, etc. Very Indiana Jones sort of yeah. uh, theme. That's the only time where I'm like, oh damn, you know, I don't want this yeah. thing to go wrong. Uh, but that's because the action keeps on coming there. So other times, not too sure how much I I yeah. care for. Yeah, more that I care for the progression. Yeah, and it was just yeah, and and it's just kind of thing. It's one of those things, you know, you kind of. And a bit like a bit like Garden of the Galaxy, you can switch off and just enjoy it, enjoy the ride. You don't have to get too in too heavily yeah. involved in it, you know. It doesn't, um, you know, apart from you know the bit as you said when um, when his dad gets uh, you know sacrifices himself so yeah his son, his son can continue can get, continue yeah. and fight the Lensman fight, you know. Yeah, um, you know it's a bit of good bit of sort of drama with that, you know. Mm. Uh, but um, there's a little yeah. bit lost in his father's backstory. Yeah, with like his, I think there's there's more potential to have made that a more compelling thing where it's like you know oh this is the son of you know yeah exactly ex, and uh, I think and I don't know and there was actually um, uh, a few months later um, a, a Galactic Patrol Lensman TV series aired yeah a twenty six episodes uh, TV series um, the f- and apparently uh, only the first six episodes were released on home really? radio um, and I've seen the first couple of episodes of it. Um, and it basically, it's kind of um, follows the same, but like I say, it's got a bit more room there because it's a TV series yeah. rather than a two-hour film mm. to do a bit more. So it'd be yeah. interesting to have seen if it, you know, it did yeah. flesh out some of that stuff, which I, I agree. Yeah, is, it, it, it would have been a more compelling a more, drive for yeah. that. It's, it, they missed a trick a little bit, I feel, with that with that story arc potentially because it's, it's always hinted at, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh. Uh, so a little slice of the pie. I'd, I'd like a little bit more of that information. Where does his father's backstory lie? Because he's done something incredibly heroic yeah. that actually no one else arguably has done yeah. uh, during this movie. Uh, everything has just happened to work out all right, but his father is the one who's made the sacrifice. Yeah. I'd like to know more about his... Yeah, because when they get with um, the galactic... Uh, you know, the, the, the main space command. Yeah, the Lensman the command, yeah. The Lensman command, you know. Um, what's his name? Kinnison, you know. Oh, you're you're Ben Kinnison's son. Yeah, you know? Kinnison's son. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's a big. And like you say, yeah, it's a big they, they deal, keep making a big really... deal. Yeah, they bring it up like what four or five times yeah. over the course of the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Because they, they hear his name and they're like Kinnison. Yeah, yeah, and that's the entire thing. You're like, oh, here we get. No, okay, there's no. Yeah, and they never really explain yeah. it. Which so, you know, it'd be interesting to have known whether the TV series actually expanded on that because that mm. that is a bit of a missing link. Yeah, plot device, you know. So, uh, and I'm sure it may. Kind of made a lot more sense why his son ended up, you know, because as you said, it was a very easy transfer. He just sort of saw this lensman on the floor dying, and yeah. before you know it, he's got the lens in his hand, yeah. and that's it. You know, yeah. he was obviously a spoke, you know, a, a chosen type of person. He obviously had the right stuff to be yeah. a lensman, but it's never he really is his explained. father's son, sort of thing. Yeah, but... but it's never really explained why he's so special and, mm. and everything. You know. Again, a bit like a, a bit like a Luke Star Wars, yeah. uh, a Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. Um, you know, he's a special one. Where, so uh, yeah, I don't know whether it needed a bit more, or, you know, a follow up or something. It's to hard explain. to say, isn't it? It's really, hard to say it's... looking back now. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think it really. It didn't ultimately detract from the film, but mm. you just knew there was a bit, bit more there going on, didn't you? So mm. uh, yeah, yeah, and so also cinematically, it sort of, it doesn't. It's not like a slow artistic vision no. that, like the starlight is in Odin the the cinematography on this is very much action packed sort yeah. of you know 
lust for lust for adventure. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it does capture that, especially in the the action sequences. And it's another good looking film. As it well. is very good looking. Really, yeah, really they, they merge the CG. Yeah, so I the think... CG. So what did you? Yeah, so um, I always I can always remember the very first time I watched it. I put the video in, and this CG sequence started. And I was a bit like, "What?" Yeah, that scared yeah. me to begin with. That did scare me. To yeah, begin with. I and, thought I was um, really going to hate it. But they only use it for the in- intro sequence, which is so some of the um, so some of the alien so the alien ships those funny purple raspberry thing rock things that flew around yeah yeah those are a lot of those are CG yeah in it and I think the opening sequence I think you know as you would expect from you know early early eighties CG I think that has dated. An awful lot and looks like early ATCG. But I think it works. I think it kind of yeah, works. It, go, yeah. it does. It does. A, it does well to sort of differentiate the sort of yeah. like this alien race, this paragon dystopian, yeah. uh, overarching menace that is very clearly different from uh, this. You know, this smooth, yeah. etched, perfect, perfectly drawn human. And I'll say, uh, yeah, and the CG sort of in the in the film when those ships are going past. I think. I don't think that. I think that has aged quite well, actually. I don't think that looks, you know. I think that still works with the um, with the uh, hand painted anime that that yeah. uh, sort of surrounds it. So yeah, um, yeah. I so say another loads of detail in it. You know, mm. um, lots of movement. Obviously, another high cell count. Yeah, um, and the, that sequence at the end on the thin like there was so much stuff moving and happening. Mm. Now. I mean, it really, really looks yeah, good. It's, it's good. Uh, the only, honestly, the only problem I have with the CG in that it was the opening sequence because yeah. it was just. Yeah, I think anyone watching that today is going to watch that and and kind of find it a bit laughable. I think. Yeah, but, you know they were trying. You know they were pushing the boundaries. Yeah, it's. It, I just. The first, se- uh, yeah, because the first sequence just wasn't my thing. Yeah, and I was a little bit, a little bit dubious about yeah. moving into it. After that, though, I kind of appreciated the whole sort of the separation between you know good versus evil. Yeah, um, everything else. It made sense to me after that point, um, and I was willing to accept it as as, as Ford it is. Yeah. it's not it's not terrible. It's, it's it's actually fairly good. Yeah, I think um, it was probably at the time. I mean, probably it was probably pretty groundbreaking that that CG. I mm. mean, it's not it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of detail in it, and it moves around. I mean, it looks a bit clunky now, but I think back in 1984, I bet it was pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Mm, yeah, for sure. But um, for for the whole ending of it all, it's very fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It does so. kind of wrap up in a in a very um, happily ever after yeah. kind of way, isn't it? Boy gets girl. Yeah, yeah. Girl is always like boy. Yeah, yeah. She really does not have a strong role which no. is like it's, it's it's kind of tough to watch when you're used to that that yeah, being changed in, in future like, anime as you said it's that slightly misogynistic he's a bit part yeah dolly bird that's the love interest yeah. you know sort of thing. I, I, they, they keep running that sort of like joke like oh are you sure you can do that sort of thing yeah. because you're a woman and it's yeah. kind of at that time it's kind of hard to watch that yeah you're like, oh, yeah in this yeah. day and age it does it does seem that does seem very old-fashioned yeah you know? it very it, it very much very, is very kind of typical of 80s anime mm. but you know, she doesn't that. have. Yeah, she doesn't have many vocal lines either, no. does she? It's, it's all it's all worry for the main character's yeah, well being. Yeah, making eyes at him yeah. and stuff. You yeah, know. it's it's all starry eyed looks and yeah, and, yeah exactly. And, yeah, and worry for the main character's health. So yeah, yeah. Kinnison saves the universe. Yeah, defeats the bad guys, gets the girl. Everyone, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Lensman continues to be a strong fighting force. Yeah, dad continue. looks down from the galaxy stars and goes, "Good job, son. Yeah, well done." You yeah, it's, a, it's a bit of a smulchy wrap up, but again, 
in in that type of film you it's know you sort say, of family yeah. family sci-fi because it's you know it is that kind of teen sort of family sci-fi type thing yeah you know you can imagine it is kind of like the animated equivalent of star wars yeah you know, it's got the same sort of peril and thrills and action and mm. good guys and bad guys and everything so yeah it's what it's, it's definitely uh i'd say for me and my generation who are watching like yeah. modern anime it's one of those it's one that you could watch first and then try odin afterwards yeah it's definitely one you could you could watch and go like, oh okay so things aren't so different yeah uh and then you could watch odin afterwards and see how you feel about that it's just very hard to take that sort of artistic approach to like i am watching yeah not just a story but someone's artistic yeah. project yeah uh, and that, that changes. Actually, I think you're right. I think I, I think uh, Lensman. You know, if you're trying to introduce someone into retro anime, yeah, you know, stuff from the past. I think Lensman's quite a good, quite a good introduction. If you yeah. if you ignore the CG bit at the very beginning, you yeah, know, yeah, which, yeah, you know, which people could find a bit laughable these days. But I think once you get into the the actual film mm. itself, you know, I think that kind of film. Um, I think that kind of story is quite ageless. You know, it, yeah, it's it, a touch of old Disney. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like that, yeah. um, which kind of always makes me surprised. So, um, Lensman's never had a DVD release in the West. It got it got released on VHS uh, in the UK and in, in the US, um, but never ever picked up on um, uh, for DVD, which always always surprised me. When a lot mm. of other stuff, um, you know, a lot of those eighteen uh, Cobra, Space Adventure of Cobra, Lensman, um, not Lensman, Venus Wars, mm. Odin, you know, they haven't got releases now, but in the two thousands, in the DVD boom, yeah. all that stuff locked the Superman. All got all got DVD releases, and um, and Lensman never did. And it always surprised me that it that it's it's never been available. I'm I'm not even sure there's a Japanese DVD of it. I, I've never really looked, but I, I do find it. I know it was released on Laserdisc. It yeah. was quite popular on Laserdisc, but yeah, it surprised me that it it just it never came out. It literally. Came out twenty years over twenty years ago on VHS, and 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 that was kind of forgotten again. So, yeah, uh, that does surprise me because it's very Western friendly. Mm, it I think it, I agree. I think it's the story is quite a Western friendly story. I think you mm. know along the lines of of Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I think it's it's something that Western audiences would would pick up. So um, yeah, I was always always surprised that it it was a never never much more of a a bigger film really so yeah. yeah it's a shame it's a shame yeah, I did I did very much enjoy it for very different reasons mm. uh, to uh, but I'm not too sure how I, it sits with me like afterwards like I don't the musical score especially if we if we mm. that that really hurt me listening to listening to the musical choices yeah. for certain scenes it just didn't fit yeah it didn't it didn't add to a scene it took away so yeah. you, know, you know music should always be this sort of like underlying thing that raises the tension or the emotion of the the sequence, but in Lensman that didn't happen often. Yeah. There, was, there was some there was some good ambience uh, music that like with, with loops that made certain action sequences okay, but then there was other things that were more prominent that you should take in as a viewer. Yeah, that were you that the music took away from that. You were like yeah. thinking, oh, that doesn't. Uh. Yeah, some of the musical score the score wasn't wasn't great. No, I mean, it was it was a bit. Um, not not really suited in places. I agree with that. Um, it was one of the things that kind of did, did detract from it at times. Yeah, yeah. So on that basis, I think it's kind of a 
I don't know. I think he's coming around the 7 out of 10. Yeah, I give it 6 or 7 out of 10. Yeah, five of those points comes from how friendly it is to yeah. a new watcher. And then I'd, I'd, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah. The, two points, the other two points come from the action-packed enjoyability. Yeah. Uh, but it loses the three points generally off of weak character play in terms of like nothing fo- focusing on where I would like to see it yeah. focus. Uh, musical score and a few cliches really. yeah that's right I mean he's got a, quite a few uh, few uh, tropes in there yeah um, but yeah entertaining yeah entertaining nonetheless I yeah think. it's surprising we'd give Odin a higher score yeah given given, given Odin Odin's given, flaws yeah given know. Odin's flaws it's 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 a, it's a strange thing that we'd give Odin 8 out of 10 and, and Lensman 7 out of 10 but I think it's justified. Yeah, in some respects, uh, there, there feels a bit more passion in. Yes, in there Odin. is a lot more. It is Odin's a labor of love. Yeah, and Lensman's this kind of Saturday afternoon matinee cinema. Yeah, two hours of entertainment. Yeah, you know, here's what we put together. It's yeah. a it's a fun filled adventure. Yeah, um, you know, loads of family friendly misogyny and, yeah. and all sorts of other <laughs> gibs and tricks, but. Yeah, it does lose out to Odin, I think, just yeah. because you would enter, you should enter watching them very differently. Yeah, they are two very different beasts. Mm. Yeah, 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 I agree with that as well. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I think that uh, wraps up our reviews for the day. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll hear us again soon on the uh, second episode of the Retro Anime Podcast. Yeah, where we will be reviewing stuff to be decided. Stuff to be decided. Yes, yeah, because you have to decide what to show me next, and. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, the cadence we haven't quite agreed, but probably every couple of months, I think, is probably about the Yeah, right. we try monthly. We, we could try monthly. We could try monthly. Yeah, I think monthly would be probably the best thing for uh, Retro Anime Podcast, because it gives more time for working on, uh, you know, which, which what we want to nail down and what yeah. we want to talk about. But yeah. Okay, so, yeah. watch this space. Yeah, watch this space. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. And that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Please check out our website at www.retroanimepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at RetroAnime. And you can email the show at ian at RetroAnimepodcast.com. See you soon.